You're listening to Banal Leakage, episode 102, Not Quite Presidential. All right, uh, episode 102, uh, original recording date for this was supposed to have been Sunday, March 5th. It's April 10th. Uh, playing catch-up again, yep, but I'm updating the stories as I as I have them uh, per per discussion with a couple of my listeners. So uh, uh, anyway, um, snuck in a couple of non-political stories this week. Yeah, imagine that, in- including a non-political rant. <laughs> wow. And with that, let's start the news. Trump claims Obama wiretapped Trump Tower. (laughs) So there were uh, four tweets from Trump on the morning of March 4th. Uh, Terrible. Just found out that Obama had my wires tapped in Trump Tower just before the victory. Nothing found. This is McCarthyism. Uh, So that's tweet number one. Tweet number two. Is it illegal for a sitting president to be wiretapping a race for president prior to an election? Turned down by court earlier, a new low. Tweet three. I'd bet a good lawyer can make a great case out of the fact that President Obama was tapping my phones in October, just prior to the election. And, and tweet four. How low has President Obama gone to tap my phones, uh, and tap is spelled with two Ps, uh, uh, during the very sacred election process? This is Nixon Watergate. Bad or sick guy. So all four of those tweets were, uh, were within a 20-minute time frame, uh, like I said, the morning of March 4th. Um, anyone with half a brain and a bit of research knew this was a Fox News story that he had watched the night before, and with the type of language being used, there was no way this was done personally by Barack Obama. <laughs> yeah. Shh. M- M- Michelle, I'll be back in a couple days. Where, where are you going? I, I I have to do something. It's 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 not ethical, but I have to do something. Oh, all right. So, granted, even if the even the most diehard Obama haters surely wouldn't think Obama would have snuck into the Trump Tower, and physically himself turned over phones and and picture frames to place listening devices to hear what was going on inside the Trump Tower. Oh my gosh, really? Seriously? I mean, that would be Hillary that would do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just so she could get that upper edge in the election, you know, the election she was supposed to win, that uh, everyone betted that she would win. Huh, interesting. So this is one of the most insane accusations I've ever heard from anyone in power. Trump obviously is creating a distraction here. The update on this, so yeah, here's the update, I promised. Uh, is that multiple sources, uh, uh, the FBI, CIA, say there is no evidence of this ever happening, even if it was a secret mission from Obama hiring, uh, hiring this out to some you know, surveillance company. It's baseless, and it's simply a story designed to keep people distracted from the real issue of corruption, the election hijacking, and taking down the government one department at a time. So, yeah, who... I, fortunately, I have not found anyone personally that thinks that Obama snuck into the Trump Tower himself to do this. You know, I, 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 I don't, 
uh, I'm sure that there is some people out there that think this. You know, they're probably the same people that think Hillary ran a, a child sex traffic ring out of a Washington, D.C. pizza place. Uh, same people that probably believe Obama, Obama was born in Kenya, not Hawaii. Um, yeah, so, you know, let, let, let this happen here. You know, let it sink in of how deranged someone like Mr. Donald Trump could do this, you know. I mean, obviously, I don't think he even believes it. But you know, he's he's past judgment. You know, he's he's gone nut, nutty, and and I'm just thinking that, well, <laughs> yeah, it, it's nothing more than a distraction. You know, we, we you know we got to stay focused on the election hijacking uh, and everything else that's going on that's important, not this bullshit. So. Keystone XL Pipeline will not use American steel. Like the Trump-branded ties and suits and suit coats made in China, this is pretty much a non-shocker when it comes to words from Trump's mouth. It's all about making stuff in America, so he says, uh, and as he spewed in his inauguration speech on January 20th. But that ruse it is rarely true. So yeah, American steel will not be used in the building of the pipeline. Even as recent as March 30th, where Trump stated American Steel will be used in the pipeline, it's a pushback to keep people angry at those of us that know it's not true. You know, I, well, I mean, I'd like to not see the pipeline be built at all. So uh, those uh, who do believe every single word from Trump's mouth will never fact check him, even as tons of steel from other countries are getting trucked in to build the pipeline. There's just nothing but false statements on Trump's part to sell his agenda. And agenda is right. It's ridiculous what, what's going on. You know, I mean, you know, if, okay, let, let's say, you know, if Trump were serious about this building more things or make, make things in America again, you know, if he wanted to, us to take him seriously, what he would do is he would either sell off his remaining surplus or stock or, or inventory and show himself at a factory that has shifted shifted all his products to an American factory and being made in the in the USA I I'd praise him for you know I might actually take him seriously about saying yeah we yeah, we we are now going to use American steel to, to build the pipeline so granted I'd really like it if he would say we don't need this pipeline at all but <laughs> laughable and wishful thinking on my part so yeah, so it's just, it's, it's you know, whatever he says, you can pretty much expect the opposite. So it's, uh, you know, various sources have said that the, the steel that's coming in for this pipeline, yep, not not from America. It's coming in from other countries. So, gosh, you know, just when you have a glimmer of hope that maybe something, you know, might be true that he says, but... You know, I, I don't, you know, I mean, all of us, you know, even us that don't support him actually want him to start being truthful. But nope, not the case. So there you go. New York City's Waldorf Astoria to close for two to three years. Yep, you heard that right. Uh, two to three years for massive makeover and renovation. So this hotel has a long history, mostly from other locations. Uh, until it found its current location in 1993, where it celebrated 100 years. 
the renovations are going to take it at least at least a couple of years to bring it back to a modern-day hotel with technology, but still retain the charm of the overall age of the hotel. Hilton has agreed to manage the hotel for 100 years. Yeah, wow, it's a long, long agreement. Uh, the hotel has been a mainstay at 49th and Main since 1931. It's been a Hilton-managed property for years, but it owned but it's owned by a Chinese company that paid $1.9 billion for the property. One point, almost $2 billion for one hotel. Uh, once the hotel reopens in a couple of years, it will be a modern hotel with updates and keeping up the original look and feel of the, uh, of the original. So, yeah, uh, I've never heard of a hotel taking, you know, two to three years shut down completely. You know, I mean, sometimes hotels do renovations. Um, you know, sometimes the guests, you know, get... If they're too close to where the construction is going on, uh, they're not happy. So maybe that's what called, you know, the, uh, where they uh, decided uh, to actually just shut the whole place down. It sucks because everyone that worked there is losing their jobs. Uh, or they might be moved off to other Hilton properties. Uh, I, I hope that's the case, you know. Uh, and then, of course, you know, c coming back after they renovate everything and all that. So, you know, hey, kudos to Hilton if they can afford to do this and or the Chinese company that owns it or, you know, who, who knows. But still, it's a, you know, it's a New York mainstay. I've, you know, the, the few times I've been to New York, I've walked by it. It's it's a wonderful hotel. It's got an old charm. It's, you know, very, very cool. So if they can modernize it and add technology and keep still keep the look and feel and the charm, and the uh, from the age of it, by all means, they they should do that. This week's rant: limited options for reduced fee concert tickets. So we we have a couple of venues here in Salt Lake City that are owned by a group called United Concerts. So one is a 1,200-person indoor club uh, with general admission uh, standing room. Uh, it's called uh, the Depot. Uh, there are some reserved seating areas, uh, but for, for the most part, it's, uh, it's all standing. Uh, and it's located downtown Salt Lake City. Um, the other is USANA Amphitheater, which is an outdoor uh, place that holds about 20,000 people between reserved seats and general admission lawn. So on every Friday from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m., the box office at the Depot was open to purchase tickets with only a $2 per ticket service charge. So they recently raised it to three dollars per ticket. Uh, so uh, and, and that's uh, and you could go there from and like I said any fri Friday every Friday from two p.m. to six p.m. and you could buy shows at the depot and lawn seating at USANA Amphitheater. So this is a much cheaper tickets than instead of going through the Monopoly ticket agency here in Utah called Smith Ticks or Smith Ticks, uh, where service charge can be almost twenty dollars a ticket for some shows. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You 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 Ticketmaster people and uh, all the other ones, you know, uh, you think you're getting uh, uh, raked over the coals for this, but or shaken down, I should say. Yeah. Anyway, but they recently changed to where the box office is now closed on Fridays, and the only time you can get tickets from the depot is on nights they have shows, where the box office opens at 6 p.m. So they're limiting this option. You're, you're trying to, you know, before, I mean, one day, you know, it's four hours, you know. Yeah, but it wasn't really during, it was before any, even if on a, on a Friday that they had shows, it was nice to be able to do, uh, you know, two to, two to 6 p.m. and had options. I worked downtown, and I was able to walk over to it and get tickets and save that, you know, save the service charge. So, 
Uh, so now you have to wait till there's an actual show. So you have to go out to their website, uh, go look and see what nights the shows are on, and get there at 6 o'clock. So, but, so, anyway, they're, you know, so, yeah, they're just trying to, you know, so, like, there's, you know, now they've really limited it again. I think it's a money grab. So, in my opinion, uh, it, it's just, you know, what are you doing? Oh, we're going to force people to use Smith ticks because, you know, we want it to be a, uh, you know, a, a, the only option, if you will. So, Anyway, so forcing us concert goes, trying to save a few bucks to have to watch for those nights with shows and compete. So here's the other thing. So we're going to compete with those getting tickets via will call. So people are on the show. You can't just, you know, I mean, a lot of Fridays you'd walk up to the box office. There would be one or two people and you'd be done. Now people come going to get will call tickets. Now you're going to wait in line with them. You're interrupting them. And now you're going to try and sneak in to get tickets for another show. So, you know, there was no notice of this. I actually had to call uh, the United uh, Concerts uh, phone line to confirm this. So, the ticket service changes uh, uh, subject alone would be war would warrant a rant. So, so plan ahead. Uh, so plan ahead if you were thinking of going to the depot on a Friday afternoon to save on concert tickets. Now you can't. That option is gone. Now you got to wait in line with the rest of the people attending one of the night shows. This week's shameless plug, George W. Bush as a painter. If 16 years ago, 14 years ago, hell, even 12 years ago, I would have said to you, I will gain a newfound respect for President George W. Bush, I would have asked you to check my sanity. But here we are, under an even worse president, who gained that honor just 30 days into his term. I am watching President George W. Bush on talk shows showing off his painting skills and donating the money to veterans, which during his eight years didn't get hardly any respect from the things he did and didn't do for them. So while the things he did in office are unforgivable to, for, you know, for me, I do have to give a level of positive to someone who is at least good at staying mostly out of the spotlight since he left office and has honed his skills as a painter. I have no plans to purchase his book uh, of these paintings that he's put together, even though the, the proceeds do go to benefit veterans. But I will watch him on talk shows that help promote his non-political career, career after his eight horrible years as president of the United States. Yeah, so I, uh, some of these talk shows he's been on, you know, it's like, I, I really, you know, and he's funny too, you know. And he's talked, you know, candidly and frankly about his dislike for Trump. So, you know, how how can you not like this guy now? I mean, uh, you know, like I said, in office for eight years, all the shit he did, you know, pretty bad, you know, Un unexcusable, unforgivable. But he's trying to make a life for himself after the fact here. And he's actually doing something that, who who knew, you know, you know, a paint painting, huh? <laughs> so, yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll tell I'll tell you it's it, you know if you get a chance to go out on YouTube and watch some of the clips it's pretty entertaining you know um, and he's actually doing something good you know kind of kind of like well, what Clinton ha did with uh, in, in a well maybe not directly comparison but you know what Clinton did with Arwandra you know as president he didn't help them he let genocide happen after he left office he's donated his time and money to you know helping the country rebuild after it was destroyed so. So yeah, so you know, I'll, I'll I'll sit and watch Bush crack a few jokes and 
talk about his painting and, and everything he did. I think the the talk show that he was on was Jimmy Kimmel. Um, so, and I and I'm sure he did the you know the talk show circuit and going to other other late night venues. But uh, but yeah, so I'm I was pretty pretty pleased. So so yeah, if you get a chance, check it out. Who knew things would change so much? Want to leave feedback? Email podcast at banalleakage.com. Thank you for listening, and as always, if you can't be specific, just be random.